This is a Valfem special, special broadcast. broadcast. The COVID Report Show, Monday to Thursday, from 6 to 7 p.m. Exclusive to VowFM 88.1. Share it. Greetings, salutations, and a very good evening to you one more time. Thank you so much for joining us on the COVID Report here on VAW FM 88.1. We are on your radios every Monday to Thursday evening between the hours of 6 and 7 p.m. Tasked with the mammoth task of keeping you in and up to date as far as all of the developments pertaining to our continued fight against the COVID-19 outbreak. Thank you so much one more time for joining us. You affectionately know me as Mr. Game on these VowFM airwaves. Now on today's edition of the show, I did the focus we are narrowing it down to is a focus that is very near and dear to my heart, my artistic heart, me being a member of the artistic community, part of the artistic industry, and uh, those what, being one of those individuals who can attest to how dramatic the effect of the COVID-19 outbreak has been, not only to my professional aspirations, but to my financial aspirations as well, to my, uh, my personal aspirations and the the joy and gratification that I just like a lot of artists across the country get from being active in the field of work we are so passionate about. Uh, so today we are looking at how this effect, how this outbreak has affected um, life for the artists, the creatives, the members of the artistic industry. And uh, we are going to do so by chatting to a professional actor, an actor who, who admits to being uh, affected by this outbreak by means of having jobs cancelled, having work postponed or cancelled. And we're also going to give a chance to other um, creatives, other artists and other members of the artistic fraternity to weigh in with uh, their thoughts and their sentiments in regards to the fight against the COVID-19 outbreak. In fact, I have a few of those uh, artistic colleagues of mine ready to to share their views and share their thoughts on this matter. And this is what they had to say when asked to weigh in on what they think of and what they make of the way in which the COVID-19 outbreak has been handled. This is what they had to say. Hello, hi everyone. My name is Katle Hosatari and I'm an actress. Yo, um, the lockdown has really, really been affecting me because there are gigs that got cancelled and, you know, gigs that I was really, really looking forward to. Also financially, um, I am affected because I'm not a global artist, meaning that I don't have a basic salary and that is, you know, obviously really frustrating. I don't have a basic salary and everything else that comes with being an artist there are brands that I now can work with and I, I can't also even, you know, go for auditions or go for, you know, commercial castings. Um, yeah, until things pick up again, I'm basically still in the wound, so I really cannot wait until, you know, South Africa contains this virus and pandemic and everything else that comes with it so that things can go back to normal, so that we can start working again. Um, 
But what I'm doing to keep myself productive is that I'm writing a lot. What's up, what's up, guys? It's your boy, Lisele Tini, actor and grassroots. I play the character of Asanda. You know, this lockdown, as an artist, I was kind of worried because I don't know what's going to happen. You know, we got bills to pay, we got things to do, and the whole three weeks with no working when you actually have work is quite tough. But luckily, the government has, well, has sent out uh, relief assistance for artists, you know, that have signed contracts, that have contracts upcoming or shows that have been cancelled, etc., where you can ask for help and i mean that's that's a step in the right direction but also you know this lockdown for me personally has been a blessing i'm still employed obviously not getting paid because i'm not i'm not a call actor you know so i don't i'm not actually physically on set but i know when the lockdown ends i'll have a job and during this lockdown period i've been you know reevaluating my life reevaluating myself you know setting new goals achieving new and I haven't actually just been sitting around. Um, as an artist, I found new ways to 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 promote my gift, or um, per se, um, we have technology where we can record stuff, do monologues online. We use the internet, Instagram, YouTube, where we can create our content as well as artists during this lockdown period. And I think we should utilize those. And you know, I think this lockdown in some way has is a blessing because it's making us realize that we can do things ourselves as artists and just a young message keep safe keep home keep healthy and set new goals guys this lockdown will end it's not the end of the world it's just the beginning you know you know this this outbreak came so suddenly and i i think no one was really prepared for for the impact that it would have in our daily lives. Everyone is feeling as though their future is uncertain and fragile. But to a certain extent, it's a reminder that life is always uncertain. You, you, you never know what will happen in the future. And that's why, for me, this pandemic has just taught me to to continue to financially save up and to be a little bit more savvy so that when things like these happen we are able to secure ourselves and we don't have to depend on the government to take care of us but in the same breath i also do think that the government hasn't done enough in considering the impact of the lives of artists and creatives in South Africa. Um, I do think that there could be more that is done to secure our futures. I don't know about any ideas or suggestions, but what I do know is I think it's very important for South Africans to bounce back from the setback with the intention to support local products, support local businesses, and support local entertainment, support local artists and creatives. Because that's the, for me, that's the first suggestion that comes to mind in terms of how we're going to build us, our economy back to where it was in, and even to a stronger position in the future. I think South Africans really need to 
I think this this pandemic has reminded us that we really need each other more than we thought we did. And we mustn't allow the social distancing and the isolation that we're in and the quarantine and the lockdown to make us forget that we really need each other in this life. And so the best thing to do is to support each other, support each other's initiatives, businesses. And I think that is the best way, the best move to take. And there you have it. There's still uh, many more voices for you to hear from uh, between now and the end of this edition of the COVID Report. When we come back, we're going to get straight into that discussion that I alluded to with the professional actor who is going to talk firsthand about how the COVID-19 outbreak has affected him professionally, personally, and financially. And I'm very, very honored and very, very delighted to be joined on the show tonight by uh, Naledi Award-winning actor in his own right, a member of the cast of The Color Purple, which was supposed to um, get on with its newest season at the Joburg Theatre. He also happens, just so happens, to be one of my very best friends in the entire world, but that has nothing to do at all, nothing at all, with the discussions we will be having on the show this evening. Mr. Yamikani Mahakapiri joins me as my guest on the COVID Report show. Yamikani, good evening and welcome to the show. Good evening, good evening, and thank you for having me. Oh my gosh. <laughs> thank you so much for joining us, Yami. Thank you so much for taking the time out of what I can only imagine has been an artistic life put on pause as it pertains to this outbreak. Yeah, it's been interesting. Um, I don't think anybody saw it coming. Nobody expected that this was going to be our day-to-day life, waking up and basically acknowledging that your room is your everything for the time being, or at the very least now for the past 21 days. But what looks like might be an extended period, depending on, I guess, what the curve looks like on the 16th of April. We'll see. It's been trying, um, but you got to do what you got to do. You know what I mean? Mm, absolutely, absolutely. Now, when we talk about when we talk about the uh, the way in which this narrative has unfolded for us as artists specifically, I do remember a time when, in the early parts of our engagement with this outbreak, it felt as if the artists were completely forgotten about. The artists were completely um, set aside, so to speak, as attention was narrowed at more, should I say, pressing matters and more pressing sectors um, when it came down to the effect um, of the outbreak on various sectors in our country, not only economically speaking, but socially as well. Uh, we've had uh, businesses have had to shut down. We um, were introduced to the concept of social distancing and how that, how the effect of that materialized itself. Now, when we finally got around to artists being addressed and the effects of this outbreak on the lives of artists, I think. Um, The first question I'd like to ask you, Yami, as an artist, is whether or not you think think enough has been done with the steps that they have taken. I mentioned the establishment of that artist relief fund, um, the due date of which came and went this past Monday. Uh, So I'd like to to get a sense from you as the artist um, before the citizen of this country, whether or not you feel enough has been done 
for the artist in the wake of this of this outbreak whether whether or not you are satisfied with the with the measures that have been taken and whether or not you feel more can still be done i'll be honest i i don't know where i stand truly look i don't think enough has been done i also don't think anything has happened yet we've all applied for this relief fund and that expired what on the 6th of april so we actually don't know if they're going to you know support us in the future or not who's going to actually get relief it's been difficult i think i think the biggest issue has been that when they discuss the, the covid virus and i guess pertaining to people with their businesses us as artists we are a business whether you just as a freelancer the individual myself yamikani i am a business and a lot of people don't see us as anything more than just entertainment and i think that's that's been the biggest issue i think that's why you know you listen to a speech given by our president and a lot of the time we're left out there's no mention as to what's actually happening with um us as artists with you know in the artistic space we're sort of in the back burner with when it comes to things and even with this relief fund now that they're talking about there actually hasn't been it has been like a large amount of money that's been actually stipulated specifically for us to support us and to aid us because we don't know how long this is going to extend and it's not as though we can all work from home no everything that <laughs> covid virus affected our entire livelihood at the moment they said we had no gatherings of 100 or more people immediately we knew that as artists our support system everything you know how we make money that was done that was closed and it's very difficult to sort of you know <laughs> you know they'll say okay you no know, you can do something else or you can work from home no we don't have that access you know that's not an avenue that we can take so yeah to honest no i don't think much has been done i don't think they really think about us honestly as performers that's my opinion absolutely no i i hear you 100% and i think i think you're more than entitled to view things that way and i think that's what that's what i have appreciated um so much about um engaging with how this outbreak has affected things once you shut down a theater that effectively shuts down all the patrons that operate at that theater that really shuts down all of the the the, the sale of food and refreshments at that theater that also effectively shuts down the supply chain for those food and refreshments that are sold at the theater for the people that go to the theater to gather to watch the show that has been presented at that theater so i've been very 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 um curious and paying close attention to the domino effect of this outbreak and you're more than you you're, you're more than correct um it is very easy to to look at um to look at the issue uh, to look at the the steps that the, that that were taken to put this artist relief fund together and look at it as okay cool they're doing something or to look at it and go oh no not enough has been done now i'm curious uh again from from your perspective not only as an artist now but as a citizen of the country do you think yami that this is reflective of the haphazard nature with which these um these these measures were put in place and i say haphazard nature simply because i'm acknowledging the fact that these are unprecedented circumstances no one saw this coming as you rightly said at the top of your first response and there's no way any of us could have foreseen um this 
being the circumstance that we're all um, under all across the globe. Uh, so I'm wondering, is this reflective of, of, uh, of how haphazard and how last minute and how almost, almost we were scrambling to put these things together? Does this, of, does this in any way um, shine a light on the deficiencies of these, of these positions of power? Does this put into question the readiness uh, that, that we have as it pertains to dealing with disasters on the scale as, as, as a country? Look, I think obviously there was a, a pandemic occurred and we had to react the best way we could. And I think the reality is that things weren't in place, unfortunately. Obviously, that obviously does speak to sort of the infrastructure of this country at the moment. Yes, we didn't have things in place no, because nobody saw this coming. But at the same time, nobody even foresaw this coming. There was never, you know, someone printing. I, I don't know who specifically deals with sort of these kinds of issues. But look, I also think in a, a bigger scale, and I think the whole world, actually, it's sort of spoken to us as a, as a world, yeah, as the whole entire planet was not ready. We didn't have anything. We weren't prepared. And it's not as though this is the first time we've had pandemics before. I know we had the SARS virus, we had the avian flu. So we've obviously dealt with things before, but I guess of this nature, you know, with the way that the virus particularly um, spreads, you know, no one was ready. Look, and talking, I guess, specifically to South Africa, we could have done better, but we didn't. I hear you. I hear you, one hundred percent. And I think the other the other facet of this conversation that's really intrigued me is I vividly recall I vividly recall a Facebook video that I saw on uh, Jefferson Chabalala's Facebook page, uh, where he alluded to the need for artists to take this time of quarantine, take this time of lockdown to create and to put work out there. And the reason I found that so interesting is I immediately found myself thinking, yeah, but that's, it, it's not that simple. Um, because, because right then and there, you are calling into question um, questions of, of degrees of access to resources. So what about those artists who don't own a camera? What about those artists who don't have um, the resources to write their own shows and put their own content out there. Is, is, uh, are, we, are we operating on an even plane as far as, in, in, in your opinion, Yami, are we operating on an even plane as far as the, 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 the space that, or the limited space that we now have as creatives and artists to find ways to continue doing our work under the circumstances that we're in. The industry itself is very small and it's still up and coming. It's growing in South Africa. And there's still a lot of things that we need to sort of achieve in terms of artist rights, whether it's copyrights or rights to royalties. And now here we are in a situation where artists are not allowed to work anymore. They can't work because of the pandemic that's occurring right now. And you go and tell an artist, as I've heard so many times, well, why don't you do something else? You know, why don't you find another avenue to make money in this moment? It's not that simple. Even specifically to people who do have access to things, whether they have studios at their houses, whether they have their own cameras. I mean, I had one instance with a friend, a specific mine, another performer, who was told um, he's about to release an album, an EP. 
and they someone advised him why doesn't he just release it on facebook live or instagram live and the argument there was that you know it, i think people can just it's easy to speak something you know to just say why don't you just do something but people never acknowledge the realities how many people are actually going to be there to actually watch this live event also i mean you go to a theater right you pay for a ticket whether it's the Joburg Theater, whether it's Monte Casino, there's money that goes in to, in order to pay the performers. Who is going to be generous enough whilst watching that Facebook Live event to then you know, offer a donation of something, whether it's between one rand or a hundred bucks? There aren't that many people out there who would do that necessarily in these kinds of instances because we're all struggling. We're all dealing with our own situations. So as artists, we're so limited. I know that, I, as you said, you know, there's the space now to be creative, to um, whether it's to write or to, I don't know, invent something in this time, this time that we have off. That also for me is very problematic because this isn't the most nurturing environment, you know, to create yeah. works. It's, it's, it's difficult. In fact, I think it's put, what it's done, it's, it's killed a lot of um, people's passion for things. I know for me, I was quite devastated when we were told the color was canceled for so many reasons. Apart from it just being a passion in my life, also it was going to be, you know, financially, it was now mm. a, added a strain to my life as well. And I, someone comes to you and says, okay, well, you know what, since that's not happening, why don't you just create something yourself? If it were that simple, then everybody would do it, but that's not mm. the case. Again, it, it raises the question, um, especially for me, I mean, it raises the question of the state of affairs when it comes to the support that the rest of this country's public gives to artists. I think I'm, I'm in a situation where I'm caught in two minds as to whether or not this outbreak and the way in which this outbreak has unfolded and the effects it's had on the artistic sector. I'm caught in two minds as to whether or not this is a damning indictment on the, the pitiful state of the support that artists have been given in, um, in this country throughout the history of time. And now, um, again, I say I'm caught in two minds because it's, is it a damning indictment or do we look at this as a golden opportunity for, for people in, in this country, uh, people in the leadership structures of this country? And uh, everything in between those two extremes from just a normal member of the public to a member of the leadership structure of this country and everything in between those two extremes. Whether or not this is a, goal, a golden opportunity for them to look at um, the ways in which we can go about improving um, the support, improving the, the, the infrastructure, encouraging members of, the, of, of South Africa to actively engage and actively support um, proudly South African artists and um, art being made by South Africans. Proudly um, supporting them by going to the theater and buying a ticket. Proudly supporting them by tuning in on uh, television and watching these proudly South African productions and all of that. I'm, I, I'm caught in this, that, that's where I'm caught in those, I'm caught in two minds in that sense. And I'm wondering as, as to where you stand on that, Yami. I honestly also don't know where I stand with that. I think in this kind of situation, obviously, yes, common struggle unites. And this maybe is a great time for 
us as artists to take a stand and to speak up about, I guess, the struggles that we've been facing in this industry as it's been up and coming. At the same time, it's very easy for anybody to turn a blind eye because they're also dealing with their own struggles at the same time. So as loud as we might be, people might be dealing with their own noise at the same time, which might cancel us out inadvertently. That's my one stress as well. Obviously, I guess it doesn't hurt to, to speak out, to talk, as a lot of people have, are, are doing right now, but as we've also been doing even before this began. In fact, I think mm. the last few years have been the loudest years performers have been trying to speak you know, to the government, saying that we do need these rights, we do need these things um, in place, whether, as I said, spoke specifically, whether it's royalties, whether it's just performers' rights in general, you know, whether we just need a general standard contract, minimum wage for performers, things that don't exist. You know what I mean? And I honestly think right now, as loud as we've been, I think that the outbreak is still louder, unfortunately, and people are dealing with that more than actually listening to what performers are saying about, look at us, we also need help. And uh, I think, uh, I think finally, um, to conclude this discussion, and, and I, I asked this question from a place of what I'm going to call defiant optimism. And it, it, it's, some, it's something that I've started to use as, as a crutch to hold on to, to keep myself level-headed, to keep myself sane as we go into, um, as we continue with our, with our fight against this outbreak. I mean, we're 13 days into the lockdown, 13 out of 21. Um, the idea being that come April 16th, everyone is going to have a look at where we stand and that will determine what we do next from that point onwards. And this defiant optimism is telling me to remain remain hopeful that we'll be able to um, go back to a degree of normalcy, remain hopeful that we'll be able to go back to something resembling things being back to the way before. Now, I know that that's not very realistic. I know that that might be far too idealistic and that might clash with this defiant optimism of mine. But I think between now and our immediate target of the end of lockdown, which is April 16th, and possibly beyond um, whether or not the lockdown gets extended. That's not a conversation I'm particularly interested in broaching because uh, the few times it's emerged on social media, it's made me very, very vexed, and I don't want to get into that. But I think um, as far as uh, the role that we can play as artists um, in the direct aftermath of this outbreak because I think the reality is there is going to come a time when um, this outbreak COVID-19 is a thing of the past and there is going to come a point where I think us as artists looking at how this has affected us is going to shape the not is going to shape not only the way in which we um, interact with the government um, structures and the leadership structures that govern us but I think it's also going to shape the the kind of content that we make it's going to shape the voice that we are collectively using to speak out to address these matters to address these issues and i'm curious um to you as to where you see uh, or, or how you see the role of the artist um shifting and taking shape in the immediate aftermath of this outbreak Yemi. i'm going to personalize this answer a little bit 
I think the way I see myself, before this, I did see myself maybe as an underappreciated. And during the outbreak, I've realized how difficult it's been. I've realized how I don't have access to a lot of things. I've also realized how important my craft is and actually how everybody in this entire world is taking pleasure in areas where I specify in, in terms of trying to relax and trying to relieve themselves and trying to escape, you know, the realities. What do they do? They run to the arts. They run to entertainment. I've realized also how important I am in this time, actually. And coming outside of it, and I think a lot of performers are going to feel the same way, I'm going to also acknowledge that and move in that fashion and always operate knowing my importance and my value as an artist in this world and how it actually, how artists really do affect. I do think, I think performers, I think the artists, I think the, the artist industry, freelancers in general, are going to take note of that, how important we actually are in terms of like the, maybe the, even the mental stability of the entire world. And maybe we might just maneuver differently, whether it's now really changing the way that we function in the industry, changing the way that contracts are written, changing the outline of the entire infrastructure. I think that's, that's going to be it. I think we're going to have to take a stand. We have to. This is actually the time to do it. Absolutely, absolutely. That was uh, Yamikani Mahaka Piri joining us on this evening's edition of the COVID Report Show. Now, Lady Award-winning actor in his own right, uh, he played Harpo in the most recent production of The Color Purple at the Joburg Theatre. They were supposed to uh, return for another season uh, this month, to be exact, but in the wake of uh, COVID-19, it's been cancelled left, right, center, and uh, Color Purple, unfortunately, was one of the casualties. I, can, I myself can speak to being a casualty. I had a show that I was performing in that had to be postponed um, slash canceled. It might as well be at this point. Um, in the immediate wake of uh, the outbreak and the, insta- and, and the installing of the lockdown, the 21-day lockdown here in South Africa. Yamikani Mahakapiri has been chatting to us about the effect of the COVID-19 outbreak on the artistic sector and uh, the ways in which um, more can still be done, the ways in which we commend the efforts that uh, have been made and uh, the sustained call for more to continue to be done, for more of these conversations to continue in the wake of the outbreak and in the immediate aftermath of the outbreak. Yamikani, thank you so much for joining me this evening. Thank you so much for taking time out of the evening to join us. And uh, thank you very much for the eye-opening discussion. Thank you so much for having me, guys. Thank you. Thank you so much. Now, Yamikani, um, uh, in fact, isn't the only person who's had his say on this matter. We asked uh, and we sent the word out to the populace to send in their uh, thoughts, their feelings and their sentiments on the matter pertaining to how this outbreak has affected the autistic sector. And uh, we are fortunate enough to have gotten a handful of responses from people in and amongst the autistic community speaking about their experiences, their thoughts, their views and opinions on how we have handled um, the effects of this COVID-19 outbreak. And this is what they had to say. Hey, my name is Altavis Lawrence. And as a freelance artist, this COVID pandemic has been pretty stressful, as I'm sure it is stressful for everyone in this industry. Amongst productions being postponed and some being cancelled, I think my main worry now is my 
and my fellow artists' source of income. I think what is stressing me out the most right now is wondering what government and the Department of Arts and Culture is going to do for uh, myself and fellow artists, or if we're going to be left in the dark and out in the cold like we usually are. All I can do is cross fingers and hope that this passes over, that everyone is safe and that cameras will be back up soon so that we can go back to working and making the content that our South Africans love and appreciate from us and getting paid for it. Yeah, stay safe, guys. Bye. Um, so what I'm sitting with um, at this current moment um, with the COVID-19 and its effects on the arts, um, I feel that things have are being done. Um, so I'm just thinking about the Department of Arts and Culture and the re- relief fund that they started, um, which is about uh, 150 million rand. But also at the same time, it's like, who who are those people who are able to get that funding? Um, what happens to those artists who are not successful um, in getting that funding? And because a lot of shows have been cancelled, a lot of exhibitions have been cancelled, it's sort of like everyone has to put a reset button on the work that they have done um, thus far. So how do they get back into that that rhythm? I think another aspect for me that work that still needs to be done in terms of arts teaching and and training. Um, so with the arts, it's really is about the contact between the different artists in a space. So how does that then transfer into that digital space, um, and who has access to those spaces to that digital space? Um, so for me, it's about that accessibility that still needs to be heightened really in terms of the arts training and teaching practices and what it is really about is how do we then support each other in terms of the different sectors in terms of how does business come into the arts sector to assist those those artists who are going to be struggling um and the thing is with COVID-19 lives beyond just the the lockdown what happens after the lockdown Um, Are people still going to be able to have those spaces where they're face-to-face? So there's quite a lot of work to be done, um, and it's just about how do we strategize moving forward. Hello, everyone, game and your listeners. I am a freelance communications consultant um, who was also hard hit by the unprecedented times that we are facing um, a lot of my work in the past has depended on sort of being able to mobilize and organize um, communities of people working towards a particular cause in the activist space and ensuring that that cause is able to be amplified in meaningful ways. Of course, there has been a moratorium on any kind of organizing, any kind of event, um, any kind of day-to-day advocacy work, at least in the ways that we are used to it. Um, So for me personally, it has provided me with an opportunity to be more um, strategic and at least meet the demand in more urgent ways around how do we reimagine social justice work, um, which is such important work that must continue, particularly at a time where, you know, organizing and mobilizing is not made possible owing to, um, you know, the restrictions 
on gathering, on traveling, which of course are a necessary intervention to contain the virus and the rate of transmissions. Um, I do know, however, that for a lot of my friends, a lot of my colleagues who are performance artists, for example, or whose work depends um, quite literally on them being able to gig um, and there's minimal opportunities to get creative around how to do that, at least in ways that still meet the income, I would say, that they need to survive. I know that um, it's been an absolute hit to performance artists in particular, as well as a range of other creatives who depend so much on people being able to be out and about. I think that the South African government's national strategy to contain the virus has not taken into account um, quite a lot of um, different cases and scenarios, right? Um, And as someone who works in the social justice space, there's a case to be made for how rural narratives have been sidelined. There's a case to be made on how, you know, um, GBV has been sidelined and the ways in which um, forcing a child or a victim of abuse to live with their abuser without any kind of refuge in the day has consequences. The arts sector is one of many of such um, issues that have been sidelined and not well thought through. And we are going to see consequences of this socially, uh, socioeconomic consequences of this um, not too long from now. In fact, we are already seeing those. So um, indeed, the South African government could have done more um, and consulted far more extensively to figure out how we guarantee social and economic protection to those of us who are most vulnerable, um, however way you're reading the situation. And they have failed to do that. Um, I am grateful, however, to people who are been making arguments um, towards hopefully remedying the situation. Um, and I am completely in solidarity with the artists um, who um, carry so many of us in so many ways and make life more livable and the ways in which this has frustrated their capacity to be able to do this in ways that also um, are able to support and sustain them. Um, but absolutely, um, much more um, could have been done, but much more still can be done to remedy that. Um, and I also don't know how far my optimism will take me in terms of my current position, which is looking at it from a perspective of, okay, how do we reimagine organizing and activism during Corona and how do we carry that post-Corona? There you have it, a brief insight as to how artists all across the country um, taking stock of this outbreak, the effects of this outbreak, and the path that we still need to take as a, as a sector, um, not only to recover from this very, very difficult time, but uh, to think about life after this uh, time. Because as, as I touched on earlier, there is going to come a time, and this is not just the defined optimism talking, there is going to come a time when COVID-19 is a thing of the past in this country. <laughs> The COVID Report Show, Monday to Thursday from 6 to 7 p.m. Exclusive to Power FM 88.1. Share it.